Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our co-host. And we are so thankful that you have come in and uh, are going to spend this hour with us. And we hope that we can bring some value to your weekend. And, you know, we're we're kicking right along here at WOKI. Everything seems to be going smoothly. And we are very happy about our new environment here. And we're just loving everything. You know, how, how are you liking it so far? Well, it's been great. And still, everybody still is very nice to us. So that's yeah. a good sign. That'll end probably in the next few weeks. But that's okay. <laughs> so... We're going to today continue our Home Ownership Matters series. And as you all know, um, we had Bobby Lopez from Capital Financial Group. He was our first segment or the first um, installment to that series. And you can find that on thehousinghour.com. And for our new listeners that are, are following or following us now and, and for our listeners that are coming from our other station, you know that we have all of our past shows archived right on thehousinghour.com. So if you have a friend or family member that you'd like to share this with, you can absolutely just go and find our website at thehousinghour.com. And you can follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash housing hour. And then also Twitter um, at the housing hour is our Twitter handle. So Bobby was our first first installment, like I said. And now, oh, man, we have a great lineup today. We have a great show. Um, we are excited to have in uh uh, today, we're going to have Dr. Kim Manturik. Dr. Manturik uh, is uh, really an interesting person from the housing perspective because, first of all, she's a doctor. And, you know, I don't get to talk to doctors every day. But <clears throat> Dr. Manturik, she's a senior research associate in financial services at the Center for Community Capital. It's a research institute at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. She has conducted research on the cost and benefits of various short-term credit products and has provided expert testimony to several state legislators on, on the topic. And currently, her uh, research focuses on consumer debt and credit use and the social and financial impacts of home ownerships, home ownership in urban neighborhoods. She is the principal investigator on the, man, I'm going to spell, I'm going to say this wrong, but the man, Manejo de Efecto, which is basically Effective Money Management Project, a partnership with Bank of America to bring financial services to underbanked consumers. And some of her recent search, research has appeared in uh, some economic and some other research reports in the Journal of Urban Affairs, and she has her PhD in sociology from the University of North Carolina. So we want to welcome in Dr. Manturik. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now... We have um, a, a series that we are currently doing at our, in our show, and it's Home Ownership Matters. And I think that what you are going to bring to the conversation um, is exactly what this series is all about, quite frankly. And so we thank you for joining us. And, you know, Mark, our co-host, reached out to you, and we're very thankful that you have given us the opportunity to speak to you about some of your research and some of your um, ideas about home ownership. Sure. So... So I guess the first thing, and, and you know, there's there's some research that you have um, completed. You also, as well, were a part of a book that we definitely want to promote. And it, the book was called Regaining the Dream. And I believe you and some colleagues and you helped with some of the research on that book. Is that correct? Correct. And you can find that on Amazon.com. It's called Regaining the Dream, How to Renew the Promise of Home Ownership for America's Working Families. And so the book is focusing on the solution, I think. I have not read the book yet, uh, um, but I think it's primarily focusing on the solution. And so what I'd like to talk to you about, there's a couple of things. You, you have some really amazing research, and I, I've read every bit of what you've written. And the one thing that you talk about, and I want you to talk about to our listeners, is that home ownership, civil engagement, and you write, is the cornerstone of a healthy democracy. You know, back in the 30s when HUD was created, it wasn't created so that everybody would have a home so that they could just keep it to themselves and be selfish with it. Talk to me a little bit about why civil engagement is so important. Sure. So um, civil engagement is important because that's really what connects people 
to other people and to kind of the greater society. I mean, we all know that a vibrant democracy depends on citizens being willing to get engaged in their communities, to get engaged in local and national politics. Um, it's really, I mean, it is the cornerstone of a healthy democracy. Um, and what our research has found, at least, is that home ownership is really kind of a pathway or a catalyst that helps people find a way to get involved in their communities. So the civil engagement, basically the people who own homes, what you have found in your research is that they're, they're more engaged in their community. They're more engaged in the local politics. They're more, more probably more prone to just have more of a concern for their peers who live around them and those type of things. And obviously does home ownership promote civil engagement, but how so? How, how, like looking beneath the veil, how does it promote? Um, civil engagement, really? Well, there, there are two things that homeownership does that, that are very, very important. Um, the first is that it gives people um, more stability. People who own their own homes are more likely to stay in the same neighborhoods, in the same communities, and that gives them the opportunity to form those close ties with their neighbors. Um, they have a real investment in the neighborhood. Um, mm. So they know that they'll be there for a number of years, so it matters to them kind of whether the neighborhood parks are maintained, how the local city government is functioning. Um, they have more of a stake in the system. Yeah. The other thing that homeownership does that's very important is it gives people a greater sense of control over their lives. And we think that this happens because when people have a, a sense of control over their physical environment, I call it the purple living room theory. You know, oh. I can paint my living room purple if I own my own living room. But my landlord, if I'm renting, does not want to see a purple living room show up in his <laughs> right. house. Um, so when people have that sense of control over their physical environment, that translates to a greater feeling that they can control important things outside of their home as well. And Dr. Mantorek, um, this is Mark Griffith, and thank mm -hmm. you so much for uh, helping us out and coming on the air with us. We really appreciate it. Um, but in your research, you looked at the rental side of this, too. So mm -hmm. you're, you compare the home ownership versus the rental. And, and I get the impression that, you know, if people are in the rental situation and they come into home ownership and vice versa, if they go from home ownership to rental, there seems to be going back to a pattern of uh, behavior with the rental where they're not engaged. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we did was we followed a group of homeowners and a comparison group of renters who lived in the same neighborhoods. Um, and we followed them for a number of years. And over the course of that time, some of our renters became homeowners and some of our homeowners went back to renting. And one of the patterns we saw was that once people transitioned from renting to owning, we saw a significant jump in their likelihood of getting involved in neighborhood organizations. But conversely, when they went from owning back to renting, they became indistinguishable from people who had been renters all along. So there's really value in kind of supporting and sustaining homeownership if we want to see those benefits last. So where has this been missed in our public? Why has it been missed, I guess, in the public forum? And I know that there are many, many people who are talking about it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but in our, like in our local community, our local media and some of the folks that you hear, the talking heads, whether it be any of the news outlets that you hear, I don't hear a lot of talk about, hey, you know what? Part of the recovery is to provide safe, kind of affordable home ownership to, you know, those who are underbanked and those who are under kind of I guess under given to from a from a community involvement standpoint, I think that that's a big missing piece here. Would you agree? I, I would absolutely, and I think there are a couple reasons for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think during the housing bubble, um, a lot of lenders were trying to make mortgages to anyone and everyone, mm -hmm. and so people started to think about lower income homeownership as being associated with subprime mortgages. Mm. Um, what our research has found is that. Lower income borrowers can be extremely successful when they're given high quality, reasonable, responsible mortgages. Um, but I think that kind of got lost in the dialogue. And so I think that's why people are kind of hesitant to start talking about promoting lower income homeownership again. Mm. Um, because there's kind of that, that misconception that lower income borrowers are subprime borrowers when right. in fact they're not. Right. 
And uh, I have a question going back to home ownership and the mobility piece to this in your research. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks to me like um, as as people, more um, older neighborhoods seem to be less connected, engaged in in the political and those types of things. Or is that true? Did I get that correct? Um, Interestingly, one of the um, things that we found was that neighborhoods that had higher levels of economic disadvantage, so, you know, higher unemployment rates, um, more people who are at the poverty level or receiving federal assistance, homeowners in those neighborhoods were actually more likely than homeowners in middle-class neighborhoods to get involved in local politics. So the neighborhoods where people really needed to get involved, that's where we saw the homeowners um, much more likely to to vote locally. So the affluent neighborhoods, uh, not so active because everything's going right? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yes. okay. So, but well, I think what we have found is that sometimes in the affluent neighborhoods, things go wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think homeownership can really kind of motivate people to get involved when they need to get involved. So when we talk about benefits of homeownership, it's really not just to the individual buying the house, but really to the community at large. And and as far as the mobility piece, now, what about people that are transient? Uh, they go from city to city on their job hunt. How do they can reconnect in? Do Is there a different disconnect going into a new community? Um, one of the things we found is that when homeowners move, um, when, you know, when they sell their house and buy a new house, so they stay homeowners, um, we see a significant uptick in their likelihood of getting involved in their new communities. So for those homeowners, we speculate that homeownership is providing them with kind of a built-in pathway to kind of settle into a neighborhood and immediately start making those connections. And we don't really see that with renters. With the homeowners associations that are across America and the planned unit development so that you have a built-in network of people who live in that neighborhood, um, with all the foreclosures that have happened and that are pending, so to speak, um, did you do any research about the significance of homeowners associations um, at any level? For instance, when someone moves into a neighborhood, um, them being involved with the homeowners association can ha- kind of plug them in quicker with what's going on and, and how the community operates and so forth. Exactly. Yeah, we did, we did not differentiate between different types of neighborhood organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, we just asked people um, whether or not they were a member of a neighborhood-based organization. Some of those are probably homeowner associations. Some of those are just, you know, residential associations. Um, but we do see that as a pathway for homeowners to immediately get plugged into a new community, understand what the issues are, and form connections. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to take a break in a moment, and then I think maybe we can transition into the mental um, benefits of home ownership. I think that the social aspects of home ownership, I think that part of, or I guess a um, benefactor of that, would be the the mental um, problems that non homeowners might see at a higher level. But let's talk more about that. Um, when we come back from break, because I think that would be an interesting segue to get to. Um, so we are very thankful to have Dr. Manturik in here with us. She has been very helpful and she has a lot of knowledge. And I, I would direct you to the book that she has helped with. It's Regaining the Dream, How to Renew the Promise of Home Ownership for America's Working Families. Um, really uh, something that me and Mark are going to buy as soon as we get We're going to have it up there. on our website. Absolutely. Not for free, Dr. Mentor. We, <laughs> so we will be right back, and we look forward to seeing you back right here on WOKI. Be right back after these messages. Say I'm doing you wrong, doing you wrong. Do you look at your backyard and see nothing but brown? I'm Brantley Rivers with Acme Block and Brick. And if you aren't one of our customers, you probably do. At Acme Block and Brick, we specialize in turning the winter's cold shades of brown into an outdoor living space full of color and warmth. Whether it's an outdoor kitchen equipped with a cozy stone fireplace or a new patio built with our Belgard pavers, Acme Block and Brick can help you find the perfect remedy for those winter browns. We also carry other products that can spruce up your home. Acme Block and Brick. From Block for a new retaining wall, 
walk to stone for a new walkway. You won't believe the ideas our friendly, knowledgeable staff have for your outdoor facelift. So go to our website at acmeblockandbrick.com and take a look at our high-quality products or visit one of our three locations in Crossville, Kingston, and in Alcoa and see what a little stone can do for you. Don't wait. An outdoor living space is what your home is missing. Come see us today at Acme Block and Brick. I promise you won't be disappointed. Acme Block and Brick. When it comes to fun, Games and Things has you covered. From now until March 17th, purchase a Brunswick pool table from Games and Things and receive a worsted wool stain-resistant cloth upgrade and a Brunswick Centennial Accessory Package valued at $1,174 absolutely free. Or buy a Contender-branded Brunswick pool table and receive your choice of a Contender cloth cover and the Centennial Accessory Package of $478 value absolutely free. It's time to add a little fun to your home, so stop by Games and Things today and take advantage of this great deal from Brunswick. Spring is also time for the big tournament, and that means great basketball action. What better way to enjoy it than with new home theater seating from Games and Things? H-Home is the name, and comfort is their game. See Games and Things' huge showroom, full of home theater seating for every style and taste. Games and Things is located on Kingston Pike and Lovell Road. Like them on Facebook and find them online at OurGameRoom.com. Those lives should be fun, fun, fun. Home ownership matters, and Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you with all your home financing needs. Whether it's a purchase or refinance, our federally licensed loan officers are ready to help you sort through all the mortgage loan options. So call us today, 800 489 8910 or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Hey, I'm Kevin Ray, host of The Housing Hour. Please join me and my co-host Mark Griffith every Saturday from 8 to 9 as we bring you the latest news from the housing market. And be sure to check out our website, thehousinghour.com, for great resources on housing-related issues and links to our archived shows. So join me, Kevin Ray, and Mark Griffith each week as we tackle issues of home ownership. The Housing Hour is a locally produced show presented by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour, Saturdays from 8 to 9, right here on WOKI. Monday morning on the Triple H Morning Show, Trayvon Martin's parents, topless at the pool, and five things that will never be the same again that I wish hadn't changed. Have a great weekend. We'll talk Monday morning at 5.30. The Hallowed Hilton Hill Morning Show. Bring your own brain. Think out loud. Have some fun. News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Kevin Ray here, your host of the Housing Hour. Mark Griffith is our co-host. And you can follow us on Twitter at the Housing Hour, uh, Facebook.com slash Housing Hour. Um, website, great website, thehousinghour.com. You can follow all of our past shows and our current series that we are speaking about is Home Ownership Matters. And part of home ownership, let me tell you about a company that helps you with buying a home and closing on a loan, and that is Admiral Title. Admiral Title has been around for eight years, and it was conceived by the uh, two people that I think are the most trusted people in the closing business, and that is Phyllis Burnett and Terry Adams. Phyllis can help you. Their company can help you um, get to the closing with no snags, and they'll help to guide you along the way. And if you're a realtor or a lender out there listening and you want to develop a relationship with a trusted advisor, someone that can just take care of all of your needs throughout the process, then Admiral Title would be the place that I would go to first. So if you're a consumer and you want to go and you need to purchase a home or maybe you're you know, paying cash, then you can go directly to them and they can answer any question that you might have about title transfers, anything that has to do with your estate, you know, all of those things that although some of us might know a little bit about, they know a lot about. And you can reach them at 865-531-6060, Admiral Title. So 
We are back in, and we have with us today Dr. Manturik, and Dr. Manturik is going to continue the conversation with us. And Dr. Man, Dr. Manturik, you're there? Yes, I'm okay. here. So we wanted to, to wrap up and talk you know, about, make sure that we've covered all of our bases when it comes to the, the civil engagement part, being that it's the cornerstone of a healthy democracy. We don't want to leave any stone unturned. Um, is there anything else that... That maybe we did. I mean, obviously, it's a short show. We could talk to you for hours. Um, but is there anything else that maybe you'd like to uncover for us? Um, I think we've we've definitely really hit on the high points. Um, I think one thing that is important to kind of revisit, um, and I made this point earlier, but but it's really important to me is that um, the benefits that we see associated with homeownership, the greater civic engagement and voting and participating in local organizations, right. Those really are only sustained as long as people can stay in homeownership. Um, So it's very important when we start talking about programs to support homeownership to understand that it's not just benefiting people to keep them in their homes, but Mm. there really are community-wide benefits as well. So also there's policies that the government put in place to help keep people in their homes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think they're broad enough or have you given advice for those types of things? And I know are you a Democrat or Republican? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think they definitely could be expanded. Um, one paper, which um, we haven't really talked about very much, um, but we looked at um, people who were experiencing financial hardship, and we found that homeowners who experience financial hardship, such as a job loss, are much more likely to um, have health problems following that than renters. Um, because they have more at stake and they yeah. kind of have more to lose. And so it's much more stressful. Um, so I think policies which are aimed to kind of give homeowners a helping hand when they run into these unexpected shocks um, mm. could definitely be expanded and would benefit more people. Now, Mark and I were talking off air before we actually called you, and we were talking about how um, America was founded, really, and what it meant to own a home in America and what all of the benefits for the community were. And we got, we're getting a little sappy with the fabric of America. And, you know, Mark even threw something about a spear not being able to break it. (laughs) But part of home ownership, I think that, that you're talking about that the, the founders of America and then the, the people who came after that, that home ownership was not just so important for the ownership and the wealth of the individual. But it was also very important for the fabric of our society and how our society works. So it's, it's bigger and deeper than just personal wealth. Absolutely. And I think that was the part that we really needed to hit home on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that before because uh, what, the thing that was interesting to me was the fact that, um, uh, that with all of the, uh, you know, from FHA starting in 1932, that this was all geared to to create some type of deep fabric uh, that connected all parts of the United States. And it seems like your research was touching on that in some parts of it. Is is that true? Absolutely. I mean, homeownership certainly is financially beneficial for people, um, but the benefits are just so much greater and really do go beyond individual families. Um, you know, homeownership helps create connected communities. It can really help revitalize disadvantaged neighborhoods. Um, the benefits are, are absolutely at a, a community and even national level. So let's let's talk, and I think that what you spoke about a moment ago about what you found, and we did not touch on this, but the health and the mental health part of this equation, because, you know, part of home ownership, you own a home, you have more people in your neighborhood that you can trust, you have a, a network of people that are there and they care about your community. So what I think you found was that, and, and, you know, for the layman, I think, for me at least, I think, well, yes, I mean, it, it just, it's clear as a bell. When I read what you read, I said, absolutely, it makes sense if you have a young man or woman that's growing in up in a, a, a crime-ridden neighborhood, well, they're going to have a higher propensity to have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And that's what you found. I mean, that's what you've been able to document over all of the research. That we have. Yeah. We have. We've also found that, you know, there is an inverse relationship between homeownership rates and neighborhood disorder. So neighborhoods which have higher homeownership rates are less likely to have neighborhood disorders such as graffiti and street crime and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. there's definitely a link between that and mental health. We found that people who 
um, own their own homes are less likely to report having difficulties with anxiety, depression, that sort of thing. And part of your research, you uh, talked uh, a lot specifically about social disorganization and, and that theory. And you had some things about stability and, and trust and sense of control. Can you uh, kind of unpackage that for us? Sure. So social disorganization refers to neighborhoods in which people aren't connected to each other. And that oftentimes um, occurs when we have a lot of residential turnover. People move in and out very quickly, and they don't really have time to form ties to others. And then what happens is even people who've been in the neighborhood for a long time, because their neighbors are moving in and out, they don't form those ties with others. And um, there's a long tradition of research which has associated social disorganization with a whole range of undesirable outcomes, everything from risky behavior among teenagers to crime to uh, mental health problems. And we found that homeownership, uh, particularly homeowners who lived in neighborhoods that previously had higher levels of disorder, once those neighborhoods got more homeowners, um, people were more likely to form ties with others. And then that in turn is correlated with a reduced risk of mental health problems. And trust. Yeah, trust. I I, I was thinking, too, that you look at some neighborhoods, you know, in America, and, you you know, I'm not pointing out anything that's not obvious, but you you hear of the the Compton in Los Angeles, you know, where there's a lot of gang activity, and then you think of some of the other neighborhoods and some of the pockets in New York, and you think that those are the only places that have social disorganization. Well, I mean, that just couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah, those are the extreme cases, maybe, in some regard. But you have other communities that are outlying of maybe metropolitan areas, you know, in Atlanta and Nashville. I mean, you have a high crime rate. So it's not just these big cities, right? Mm -hmm. That's true. Even in, you know, fairly affluent suburban areas, you'll find small areas where there are high levels of social disorganization and crime. Um, And, you know, promoting homeownership in those areas, giving people access to mortgages that they can sustain can definitely be a way to help revitalize those communities. And going back to the control aspect, you touched mm-hmm. on this earlier, but go over the sense of control and the empowerment that this gives. I mean, because I think your research pointed out, at least I got three things that you you kind of uh, laid out there. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so one of the strongest, or one of the, the things that homeownership does that we found consistently across the research is it really gives people a sense of control over the important aspects of their lives. Um, and that comes from kind of having this sense of control over your physical space. Um, people, homeowners also have a greater sense of control over how long they stay in one place. Um, you know, your landlord can ask you to leave whenever your lease is up. And as a homeowner, you decide when you come and go. And it also gives you a greater sense of control over how much you're paying for your housing. Um, you don't have to worry about your rent going up every single year. Um, so these three things all kind of combine to give people this sense of control over their physical dwelling. And we think that that translates into a greater sense of control over a whole range of other aspects of people's lives. And, and to the third point, kind of point, points back to your book, because in the third point you said that uh, it's not just a social symbol, it's also a social identity within mm-hmm. the context of the American dream. Can you expand on that? Yeah, so homeownership, you know, it means something in America to be a homeowner, and it means something more than just you own a house. It kind of gives people a sense of accomplishment. They've, you know, they've made it. They've achieved something that we consider to be a crucial part of the American dream. And so we think that that does translate into kind of how people interact with others, how they kind of, what they see as their responsibility or their place within a community. Um, and that can motivate people to get more involved in their communities as well. So at the end of the day, I mean, if you think about the young men and women that are growing up right now, that unfortunately during the turmoil of 2008, they might have been thrown into a situation where either they did not have home ownership in their neighborhood anymore, or there was a lot of foreclosures I think that the one option that we have as Americans and the people who make decisions um, in America is to concentrate our efforts. If you care anything about civil, civic engagement, which it, you know, is the cornerstone of a healthy democracy. So civic 
engagement in my mind, and you can agree with me or not agree with me, but I think that the number one thing that our Congress should be focusing on is how do we increase civic engagement? Because if it's the cornerstone, if you don't have that, if you don't have the cornerstone in place, well, a house of cards will fall. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we spending more time as a society on the civic engagement piece? I mean, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Well, I think it's a really good question, though, and particularly in the current political climate where we're seeing a lot of um, contention in our politics. Um, People maybe are not working together as well as they could. Mm. Um, And really, that's what civic engagement is about. It's Mm. about people getting involved and working together to try and solve problems. And, you know, the more that we can promote something like that, I think the better off we'll all be. And maybe we need to encourage homeownership within Congress. (laughs) <laughs> maybe that uh, would that, help them if, if that would help them that would be great yeah. <laughs> have you t- spoken with uh, who's used your research by the way um like fannie mae or freddie Mac? america um what what entities um we have testified before a number of different congressional um groups and at a number of different hearings um we've been involved in some of the conversations about cra and the role that that played in the housing crash so we're definitely trying to get our work out to policymakers and people who are kind of active within those conversations. Yeah. So you, the CRA was the Reinvestment Act? Correct. So, yeah, I mean, this is a whole other conversation. Not that we should get into this. I think we shouldn't. But um, in conclusion, I do think that what you're doing is very important, very important to America. And it's not about you know, being a Democrat or Republican, it's really not. I mean, that's a cliche. I I think for you and your research, it doesn't mean that we have um, a lot of people on welfare and we should put more money into the social social programs. It just means that we need to figure out how we can get people more involved and more engaged. Mm -hmm. And a big piece of that is home ownership. So I think if, if the congressman that you testify in front of would, you know, put their put their listening ears on maybe read the book yeah read the book we would love to have them read the book yeah Yeah. because regaining the dream that's what it's about exactly and so why would we depend on congressmen making decisions without taking very very legitimate research from people who do this for a living they have they've done research like double blind placebo studies. No, I don't even know what that means. But y- you guys have the research. So so we're going to do everything we can to um, promote you guys and make sure that our congressmen know of your all's um, data so that we can have policies in place and, and encourage those for people who take this stuff very seriously. So, Excellent. Yeah. So we thank you. Is there anything else, Mark? We have- no, I think we covered it. I appreciate it. We're going to post everything online and get Absolutely. it uh, out there for you. And we would encourage people to go and buy the book, Regaining the Dream. It is how to renew the promise of homeownership for America's working families. We have Dr. Manturk. Thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And we thank you, our listener, for coming in. And we will be right back in just a few moments after these messages right here on the Housing Hour, WOKI. Where is this going to come from? There's no way. How am I going to pay my mortgage? First, I'd lose my job. And now, I'm about to lose my house. What happened to the American dream? There's got to be something I can do. There is. Keep My Tennessee Home has U.S. funds for struggling Tennessee homeowners. Visit Keep My Tennessee Home at keepmytnhome.org and see if you qualify today. 60, 90 days, that's a little bit too long. This is Halloran for Mortgage Investors Group. They're great. They started in 1989. It was seven people, and they said, you know what? If we're going to build something that will grow, that will have a good, solid foundation, it's got to be the right thing. you got to do the right thing. You've got to have the right people. You got to have the right product, right price. Got to do it the right way. That was the foundation. Now it's 2012. They've served over 60,000 customers, $9 billion worth of American dreams processed. They're pretty incredible. Now here's one of the things they've noticed in the industry. It's taking 60 to 90 days to close a loan. Shouldn't do that. They can get it done for you in 30 days or less. Their website is easy to remember. It's just MIG. Online.com, 
MIGonline.com. You can go there this morning. Equal housing lender, mortgage license number 109111. It's the first sign of spring. Cub Cadet Days are back at Exit 122 Outdoor Power Equipment with special offers like $100 toward the purchase of Select Series 1000 lawn tractors plus exceptional factory financing on all products. Visit Exit 122 Outdoor Power Equipment for their test drive experience tent sale from March 4th through the 30th. Experience incredible savings on Cub Cadet at Exit 122 Outdoor Power Equipment located at 2520 Andersonville Highway in Clinton. Hurry in to Exit 122 Outdoor Power Equipment. Cub Cadet Days ends soon. Spring is just around the corner. Temperature begins to warm. Plants start to bloom. And truthfully, what's more fun than planting a garden with your family and letting your kids pick out the flowers? Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you make these precious memories come true for you. Whether it's a purchase or a refinance, we have the loan to fit your needs. So call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Are you in the market to purchase a new home? Many first-time homebuyers and veterans qualify for 2 or 4% down payment grants from the Tennessee Housing Development Agency. THDA offers 30-year fixed-rate mortgages insured by FHA, VA, USDA, or conventional loans. For more information, please visit our website at www.thda.org. Hey everyone, this is Kevin Ray with the Housing Hour, and we want you guys to call Josh White at Home Harvest. Josh can build a vegetable garden in your backyard any size that you want, and that's what he does. He can help design a plan for you in your garden. Call Josh today at Home Harvest, and that's at 865-712-2745. Home Harvest, 865-712-2745. For today, look for mostly sunny skies across East Tennessee. It will be warmer, highs reaching 62 degrees. From the VLT, Local Age Weather Center, I'm Chief Meteorologist David Aldrich. The Phil Show. Let me tell you something. If you've gone on Facebook and written the word infection, (laughs) you might be a redneck. Afternoons on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Kevin Ray here, your host with Mark Griffith, our co-host. And we do want to thank Mortgage Investors Group for our uh, sponsorship and for producing and putting on this show. If it wasn't for them, this would not be possible. And we want to thank them for all that they do. And you can locate them right on MIGonline.com. It's www.migonline.com. And just to give you a sneak peek, there is a new website that we are developing. And it will be incredibly awesome. Absolutely awesome. MIGonline.com. So it hasn't come out yet, but it will soon. Um, We're shooting for March. So you'll know that that's just around the river bend. So, um, with that being said, I also want to tell you about another sponsor, another person and company that we believe very strongly in, and that is Capital Financial Group. Capital Financial Group's been around for a long time, and they're actually in the same building that we are in, and they are the folks that will help you develop a strategy to help you meet your financial goals. And one of the things that we talked about in our homeowners, uh, Home Ownership Matters series with Bobby was developing a plan to own a home. Um, because you have to have a plan. You have to understand how home ownership will impact your finances and understand what you need as far as a plan to, to get to that goal. And we work in partnership with them to help you develop a plan. And we can do that. They can do that. But more importantly, if you're wanting to retire, I know that you do want to retire. He'll help you build a strategy for that as well. Because um, there's so many terms that fly around and there's so many companies and the market is so volatile. You have to have a, a person that is invested in these 
ideas and understands them backwards and forwards and can help you develop a plan that fits your needs and your goals. So they'll interview you. They'll put you a plan in place. They'll design the plan with your input, and they'll help you to realize your goals. And if that is owning a home, maybe that's one piece of it. Maybe you have a, a four or five important goals. They're going to help you in each of those areas. So give them a try today. It's Capital Financial Group, 865-246-1680. Back in here in the housing hour. And, Mark, thank you for finding Dr. Manturich. Uh, that was amazing. I think that was awesome. And, I, you know, when I started reading some of the um, online stuff from Fannie Mae, mm-hmm. they kept on referencing studies that were done. So that's what I went and looked for the social behavior you studies. You just Googled I just Googled it and there it came. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the power of our, our Internet, honestly. And, um, you know, what's amazing to me, too, is when she spoke about the things that um, they found in their research, the stuff just was like, wow, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, I think I knew these things, but I'm in the in this industry, so I'm, I've done research in my studies as well but for the the common person out there and that if you're driving along in your car on saturday and you hear this and you don't know what we're talking about then you we just had dr manturik who is a research basically she's a doctor she's a research um person who does research and she was giving us the study that she and some of her colleagues have have completed about the benefits of home ownership from a civil standpoint and also a social standpoint, kind of one and the same, and then the mental part, the mental benefit of owning a home. Yeah, and plus she's working on a study. She just completed a study on the physical health mm. point of home ownership, and there is a connection between that mm-hmm. versus renting. Now, let, let me unpack something because, you know, she's not on the line anymore, is she? No. Okay, so I'm just kidding. But, I mean, drawing these conclusions, she's an independent researcher. She doesn't work Correct. for Bank of America Correct. or Chase or, I mean, she's looking at these facts independently. That's right. Right. So the fact that, first of all, that, I mean, it's a great, what, what a great business to be on, be in for, for, for me. I'm just so happy about that because it's the cornerstone. Did you hear what she, yes. I mean, civil engagement. Cor- cornerstone is, is, is perfectly. Yeah. Now, now here's the question though. How do you get to civil engagement? Is home ownership the only way to civil engagement? I would say no. Well, that wasn't her study. No. But uh, there but, are probably other ways to right, do that. Right. But this is one piece that is definitely um, connects to civil engagement. Right. Because she said home ownership has been linked to a variety of positive social outcomes, such as increased community involvement, more diverse social capital networks, and greater political participation. So the link there is is complete. Yeah, and you know, and also in the study, and I I wrote this out. It says communities with high levels of civil engagement had fewer social problems, Mm -hmm. which is important. Mm -hmm. Lower crime rates, which we all want, Mm -hmm. and uh, has and are more cohesive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just important. So, so if if like if we're trying to decide what we should spend most of our time and money as a society from a civil standpoint, might our dollars be better spent? trying to figure out how to responsibly and affordably get more people in homes. Is that a fair statement? That's it. Because the evidence says that you will have a better society. Our our United States is stronger and probably explains why, as a country, we're stronger than probably any other part of the -hmm. the world because of the way we do things. And, And with home ownership, uh, that piece of it, I think, is really what connects us. Mm. And, you know, I mean, there's a stigma, too, Mark. You know, the, the people who are saying, well, yeah, there is some good deals out there on homes, but, man, look at what they did. Look what happened. I'm never going to own a home again. You know, there's been this, I think, this layer of of basically false information that has been created by the bust, well, and, and, and plus, there's been a push to, to rent. Mm. Just don't do anything now, just go rent. Right. And I think, you know, we start to see some collapses in our social structure mm-hmm. when that occurs. Mm-hmm. Not to say that people that rent are bad people or no. that renting properties are bad. It's just that there's a better connection of, of civil involvement at every single level when you own a home. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's, I, she just that's laid the it research. Out. She just laid it out because they have more of a sense of trust more of a sense of control about the important things in their lives and more stability. 
I That's mean, all the things we want. Yeah, those are the three things. And so if you take a hundred people, there's a, a higher percentage of those people that are going to do better if they own a home. That's the bottom line. And I also found it interesting too that when they went from owning a home, their behavior was more civil engage, engagement. When they went back to renting, yes. they fell back into the behavior that they that the renter shows. And the one thing that we didn't talk about is that those people that were renting, there was no one type of demographic um, renter that went to home ownership versus anyone else. Mm. It wasn't based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more, it was just... If they happen to get into a home, their behavior changed. Mm-hmm. The civil engagement piece of that kicked in, mm. which you, is fascinating. You know, another thing which we, we didn't talk about, obviously, because this would not probably be up her alley. But, you know, there was a lot of um, subdivisions in there. It's a big mess, honestly, that got foreclosed on. You know, yeah. you had, let's say in Atlanta, you had 400 homes in a small. I mean, that, in Atlanta, 400 home neighborhoods is kind of probably average, I would say. But. You had a hundred of them that sold at the beginning in 2007. They sold like hotcakes, maybe 2006. Well, the builder went ahead and built another hundred, you know, but the plan was to build 400. Okay. So built a hundred. Well, he never, he foreclosed. He never had the opportunity to turn over his rights to the homeowners association. So therefore the, the planning and development was broke right there. So there's no enforcement. Well, they call them zombie subdivisions right, right. because they're just out there there there's no life in them mm-hmm. and but they're there right. just like a zombie so you know it's it it, it affects everything it right. affects the surrounding businesses lose exactly everybody loses families lose they break up they leave mm-hmm. they have to leave that area yeah well you know there was an article that we posted and i can't remember who wrote it it was it was one that you posted and it was about the importance of or no, the home ownership is going to be a big driver in economic recovery, yes, right, right? Right, right, So, and I know she didn't want, she wasn't here to talk about the economic benefits. I mean, I guess in a way she was, but we didn't explore that too much. But, you know, there's a huge economic driver for home ownership as well, because you got to buy appliances. You have to buy a new rug from here, here and there. You oh, might yeah. have to install new cabinets and new other things and all of the things that we talk about. So there's also that aspect of it as well, which only helps our society in, in general. And we've always seen the, those pieces, and we always talk about those pieces as, as being so important. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I just never really cognizantly thought about was this type of mm-hmm. discussion on civil engagement and the social benefits of ownership and how dramatic it is to our society mm-hmm. in, uh, in the country. Well, she also said, too, and I read this, that um, homeowners that own that people who own a home have a less less of likely of a chance to be depressed. Well, that's the mental I mean, health piece, too. Right. I mean, that's one piece of it. But I'm sure that she would extrapolate that out to other, you know, illnesses mental wise. But I mean, man, it, 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 OK, here's another thing, too. You know, like in a neighborhood, if you were choosing to rent or purchase a home. And you knew that that neighborhood had crime and you were trying to raise your kids. With this research, if they have this in their hands and, and they understand it, would they not hopefully try to get out of that situation? Because their kids are going to be affected by it. And that's why in our home ownership series, mm-hmm. we started with Bobby. Because in order to get out of that, in order to get into something that is socially beneficial, mm-hmm. that's going to be healthy for you mentally, and she's working on research about the physical aspect of home ownership. That's right that, together. Right together. That Bobby, we brought in from, uh, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks mm-hmm. ago, and talked about goals. Because in order to get out of a rental situation, if you want to buy a home, you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't just affect big cities. I mean, her research was cities anywhere in America. It it, it was not just Los no, Angeles. Everywhere. It was everywhere. You know, Nashville has a high crime problem. I don't know if you know this or not, but it does. So there, there are communities right around us. And, I mean, there are some neighborhoods in Knoxville that need some TLC. 
So it doesn't just affect. Well, I think we always always said that those type of crime areas that are high, that there's uh, graffiti and you know just I like general, graffiti. I was going to tell well, it that. can be it can be art, <laughs> but uh, you know a lot of those is we always said that they just don't care about their neighborhood mm. or they don't care about their community. Whether that's true or not, that was the perception. I think this research points out that there's a better connection to your community mm. when you have in a, in a home and it's in a you know. Just the general uh, communities across the country, right? And I, yeah, I don't think you. You know, you're not saying this, but I don't think it would be fair to say that they don't care about their community, but they just don't have the same investment. In I the think community. that was a perception, yeah. is what I'm speaking right. to. And, right. and so, and I, this changes it. I mean, if you know that you're in an area that you're not happy with, you're not proud of, mm. there is ways to get out of it. You do have to have a plan. Maybe there should be some more programs. And I think that's where we got into this in 19 in the early 90s with. Clinton administration trying to create more mm-hmm. uh, diverse uh, home ownership programs, which is great. I just think it may have gotten out of hand. Yeah. And, uh, but Bill, we need to. Bill Clinton, he was like, does it, does they fog up a mirror? Yeah. It's going to give them alone. But, they have but a pulse? she even spoke to that. Right. Yeah. And she spoke to it saying that the policies need to be broader now. Mm. We need to get more people active. And that's why they came out and said 2013 is going to be home ownership. Mm, that's so true. And, you know, for those out there who are listening that want to get involved, there's so many ways. THDA is one of those those programs that you can get involved with. They have first time home buyers, first time home buyers. But there's there's many different aspects of THDA. And I would recommend Googling THDA yeah. because they have a lot of. A reinvestment type of programs that are out there that you can certainly learn about. And most states have their own first-time homeowner bond programs, just yes. like Tennessee Absolutely. does. Every state, if you're listening in another state. And another thing is the Habitat for Humanity. Exactly. That's another organization that we're involved with and that you can be involved with as well. That'd be interesting to bring them back on and ask them about this piece of Absolutely. it. And then there's another program called HUG. It's Habitat. Basically, what it does is it it's people that teach you how to... Um, actually build gardens in, inside of, of these habitat homes. I've heard um, about this. And, and it's really an amazing program. And so there's, but that's just it. Those, that's the, that's the community involvement that we're talking about. The civil engagement, um, the civic engagement, I think is, is so, so important. And MIG, we feel at Mortgage Investors Group that reinvesting in our communities is one of the most important things that we do. And I am very happy to know that this year we're going to be putting a plan together and are in the midst of putting that together for a very big series of events that we're going to be doing to give back to our community. So we're going to do that. And we'll tell you more about that later. But I want to thank, uh, I want to thank everybody who uh, participated in sh- today's show. And we thank you for listening to the housing hour. I thank Mark, our co-host for bringing this great show together for us and our producer Landon and you, the listener. We'll see you next time right here on the housing hour. W O K I. See you next week. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.